0: Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble. The podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com And now, your host, Vince
1: Noble. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you who is stepping into your authentic power today. Hello everyone, and welcome to the Outfront Podcast. I am your host, Vince Noble. As always, before we get started with these extraordinary conversations, I wanna say, as much as I love how intellectually stimulating they are, they are meant to do far more than pique our intellect. They are meant to inspire us and drive us into meaningful action. So as you listen, Our guests are not solely on this show to promote themselves, their services, or products, but in large part to provide significant insights and actionable steps to encourage us and engage us, thereby helping to shift you from one level to the next. So I encourage you to listen and think about how you may be positively impacted in some way, no matter who you are, it is my greatest hope that you find tremendous value in today's episode. I am super excited today. We have the distinct pleasure of having with us Ms. Yvette Kendall. Yvette Kendall is an international selling author from the south side of Chicago, Illinois. We already have a little bit in common there. Yvette is the author of God Maps, a sci-fi series, and the creator of the new sci-fi sub Biblical Futurism. In this episode, we'll be talking about her inspiration for her latest published book, The God Maps, her vision and mission to assist women in technology, and so much more. We certainly have a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's go.
0: Shouts out to Vince Noble. What up? That's the big homie. Help me stack. When my pockets was flat, now I got a grip on me. Information, motivation, inspiration. Make sure that you avoid elimination. Renovation of your finances. I done had more than five chances. Vince got more than five answers. A celebration, let's hire dancers. All this good game, you bet not bypass. Out front, out front, yep, that's the podcast.
1: Yvette, welcome to the show today.
0: Hello, and it's nice to be here.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. It's certainly a pleasure to to have you on the show with us today. I know we uh, have been really trying to sync up with you and our busy schedules to get you on the show, but nonetheless, hey, you're here, and welcome to the show today.
0: Thank you so much, and again, I'm happy to be here.
1: So, Yvette, uh, for those who may not know you, please tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, uh, like you just mentioned, I am from the south side of Chicago, okay. <laughs> born and raised, and I used to be a product developer. I used to file patents, create things and file patents, and I really noticed that it wasn't a lot of black women in technology, so that kind of started me on uh, the path that I'm on today. Uh, and after I decided to walk away from technology a little bit, I wound up getting this story, uh, in my head and I thought it was great. And I started to share with other people and they say, Hey, you need to, you need to write that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I've never written a thing in my life and I was terrified mm-hmm. to write the story down and write a book, uh, I had no knowledge of how to do any of that, but God kept giving me the story, parts of it every day. And it felt like it was meant for me to do. And I just, I just did it with the lack of my knowledge of what to do once the story was completed. I just did it. And, you know, kind of here we are today.
1: Uh, That's, that's certainly wonderful. And so being that you, uh, say you're from the South side of Chicago, you know, Hey, we have a little bit in common, uh, Hey, born in, uh, Born and raised on the South Side of Chicago, myself as well. So, so uh, oh, awesome. uh, another Chicagoan, yes. Yes, yes. So I, I, I attended, um, Curie Metropolitan High School. I don't know if you're familiar with that.
0: I am familiar with Curie. I my first year of high school, I went to Kenwood. Okay. So,
1: so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so Yvette, um what inspired you, you know, to to author books and more specifically sci-fi? You know, there's there's not a great deal of African-American women in that particular space.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? Like I was just saying, growing up in. Um, growing up in High Park, um, my mother was a psychiatric nurse and I would get out of school at three o'clock and her hospital was right across the street from my school, so I used to go to her job after I got off, uh, after I got out of school, and she didn't get off of work till about, I think, 4, 30, or 5, and I would have to spend the day on the psychiatric floor uh, and just kind of do art and things like that until she got off of work, and at some point, I got tired of doing that, so she was dating a man that worked at a bookstore and, at the University of Chicago, and, She said, hey, if you don't want to come over here, go over, you know, walk over there and, you know, hang out with him in the bookstore. Mm -hmm. So uh, this one particular day, I was walking to the University of Chicago's bookstore and I got to the, the University of Chicago and they had a courtyard and they had these huge medieval doors that opened up to this beautiful courtyard. And I just wandered in. And when I wandered in, I went through the halls and I got to uh, a classroom that was empty. Of course, it was after school. And um, it was a man there uh, wearing a white lab coat and he was um, doing something in this classroom. So I kind of dipped my head and he saw me and I kind of dipped back out. And he says, no, no, come on in. And... I walked in, he said, let me show you something. And he put, uh, he blew up a balloon and he put it in a container with dry ice. And I saw this balloon collapse right in front of my eyes. And then he pulled it back out and it re-inflated. I was hooked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it was like, it's nothing else better than whatever it was he showed me. It was just, it was science. I grew up uh, with my father watching uh, Star Trek. So it was just like always around me one way or another. So when I got older, of course, you know, taking science in high school and doing, uh, you know, all these little functions where it was science involved. So after I got older and I got into doing um, patents and and products and things like that, which is, of course, very science adjacent, I got the story. And like I said, it, it really, sci- sci- sci-fi is the flip side of science. It's, right. just, it's the same coin, just a different side. Mm. So um, I just, you know, decided to go into the, to the literary aspect of it and start writing. And I started writing in 2018 and mm. like uh, the middle of 2018. So January 2019, I was done with the book. It took me six months to write it. And got it published. And um, a year after it was published, I was contacted on LinkedIn by the executive producer of Lovecraft Country. Uh, And he offered me a TV series for The God Maps.
1: Mm -hmm. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So from there, I just kept writing. So I have a love for sci-fi. I have a love for horror and I just, I just kept writing and then I started writing children's books and I, I just kept writing. So here we are today. Uh, I just finished writing my first full feature um, horror movie called North. And I've been in talks all week about getting that, you know, done with a major studio so we can, you know, go into production.
1: Right, so, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, so along with that, would you say um, your your discovery of that? Did you did you always have this ambition but but never kind of you know pull the trigger on writing? Was it, was it always your ambition to become a published author?
0: No, I didn't even know that. I I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs>
1: mm, right, right.
0: I when I grew up, I was really good with I used to win spelling contests and I used to win poetry contests because I loved Langston Hughes and I always wanted to write like Langston Hughes and I would win all these little writing contests but I thought it was just something you did when you were in school you just I didn't I didn't think it was an aspiration someone like myself could have so when you start saying things, when you start saying things like become an author or become a writer, and when you do not have that education, you just don't think that's something that's optional for you.
1: Right, right, right. So, so what would you say sort of been sort of your superpower that you would share with us in terms of your secret sauce, if you will, you know, everyone have this creative space, um, if you will, that that those success hacks that that keeps you focused on the challenging times of creating and writing?
0: You know what? I just write down everything. I think a lot of people may go, oh, well, that may sound stupid or I don't have time to complete something. Your your best friend is you writing down incrementally. So if you come up even with a paragraph, you know, put it in the notes in your phone. And if you do this often at the end of the week, you'll have, you know, several pages that you can write down and kind of, you know, start sewing piece together, those yes. with tissues together mm-hmm. when you are, you know, doing your meaningful writing. So I think a lot of people are just so afraid and apprehensive just to get started. So right. the first thing is you just start writing.
1: Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So before we, you know, really get, you know, too much into the book, Talk to us about, you know, your inspiration for creating um, this female black um, inventor's rock space you've created.
0: Yeah, well, I actually just I I touched on it. Like when Mm. I first started doing uh, product development and filing patents, Uh I just people would not believe that what I created was Mm. mom. And one of the reasons was, well, you're a black girl from the South side of Chicago. How do you know about, you know, chemicals and engineering and electrical this or statistical that? They just they just assume because I was African-American and female that I would not be able to have this type of knowledge. So I ran into it not only on the side of African-Americans, but when I started going you know, getting in these doors with these big companies that were white ran, they were, you know, they had the same questions. How did you do this? And how did you figure this out? We we couldn't figure this out. How did you figure it out? So I was, I was a little confused. Like, is this because I'm female and I'm black that this should not be open to me? So, I that was that was one of the catalysts, and the other thing was every time I went to find someone to work with me in moving my innovations along, they were they were not female or they were not black. So right. it kind of made me feel like this is an industry that is untapped to female black uh, innovators. So that's where FBI Rocks came from. Mm-hmm.
1: You kind of alluded a little bit to that, but in terms of, you know, scaling this sort of business or, or funding many of your initiatives, what, what have you found most difficult in this space?
0: Uh, funding is definite. funding is, well, you know what? It goes back to belief. So if black people don't believe you'll be successful, that's your grassroots. If you are black, your grassroots are generally going to be the people that live around you and look like you. So if they don't believe you, you can't get what you need in order to take this product and bring it to fruition. So that's one thing. And then when you are talking people that are not a, you know, of other persuasions is still with the I don't, if I give you money, how do I know that you're going to handle it properly? How do I know that there's going to be a return? So then you have resistance on their end because of their fear. Right. So you have a lack of belief and then you have fear, which means things are stagnant unless you have your own, you know, your own money to push right. your Forward.
1: Right, right, right. So in your own capital. So that kind of leaves me to saying so. So what insights would you say, um, you know, that you would share with, with those seeking to start a business venture without heavy outside investors?
0: You know, you have to get around uh, like minded people and mm-hmm. you have to get around people that believe in your cause and believe it, believe in it to the point that they take it personal. Right. You know, so because other than that, it's just you pushing this boulder uphill. And Mm -hmm. even if you get it uphill, once you get to that plateau, you realize there are several more hills you need to climb. Right. So if you don't have a team, if you don't have people that believe in you and are like minded and want to work with you and see you successful, it's just it's really a hard go at it. And that was really. One of the re- one of the reasons why I left doing innovation one was it was so hard to find the capital and I had used up all of my own personal funds to drive you know these ideas. But then the other thing is the lack of protection from the U.S. Patent Office, uh, especially with with companies that wanted you know to take your patent that have the money to do so. There's just a lack of protection of. Uh, via the government with patents. So it was just something you darned if you do, you darned if you don't kind of right,
1: thing. Right, right, right. So Yvette, I have to ask, you know, coming out of this, I would say post-pandemic lockdown, at least, um, the effects of the lockdown and social distancing and all of that, you know, how are you doing? And more specifically, you know, you know, how are you, you know, dealing with it now in your business, marketing your books, or just in your personal life?
0: This pandemic, borrowing that people have died and have suffered, was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I am, I'm an introvert, so I was, I was already not going outside and hanging out with people, so it's like my life didn't change in that aspect. But what did change, there, there started to be excess funding made available so I could sew into and grow my business. Uh, and because I uh, own a publishing company uh, and it can be in a virtual space, you can reach around the world and not having, leave, you know, leave your, your computer. So my business uh, actually grew in that aspect. And then you have all this downtime where people that, always wanted to write something or they were writing something they weren't complete. Um, they had time to finish and say, Hey, you know, can I publish with you or can you teach me this or that? So there were a lot of opportunities because people were settled. People were kind of stuck with themselves and they had to figure out how to move to the next thing without going outside and without Mm -hmm. being around a group of people. So, um, it did, like I said, it it accentuated my situation uh, very much. So,
1: mm-hmm. wow, that's good. So, Yvette, you know, let's get into the book a little bit more. So, so tell us about, you know, what was your inspiration for writing the book, the the God Maps?
0: You, know, it's funny because there were I, literally I I said to myself, I do not want to do product development anymore. I don't wanna file not another patent. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna do anything with the patent office. And I said, I'm just gonna not do it anymore. And when I said that, it was almost like, like God was waiting on me to say, okay, you sure you're done? Okay, <laughs> going for you. Right. gonna tell So right. I was walking through my living room and this story fell in my head. And I was like, well, this is, this is cool. And I've never heard of this concept before. And I just uh, sat down and started writing and I wrote the first 12 pages. And that's when I started to share it with some close friends and family. And they was like, we think you have something here. You just need to you need to finish it. And uh, that's kind of what happened. So it really was not, uh, it was a flash of inspiration, uh, but it wasn't generated by me seeing something or hearing something or seeing a picture. It was really God speaks to me through innovation. Right. And it's, it's just him having a conversation with me. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so having said that, in writing this book and in other books you've written, um, what, what would you say is your single greatest mistake in writing, uh, publishing, or even marketing your books? And, and what did it teach you?
0: Oh my gosh, what was my biggest mistake in writing? My biggest mistake in writing is sharing my writings with other people uh, because other people like to see themselves in others' works. And you get a lot of what you should do, what right. you need to do. Right, right, right. And I always tell people, if you feel so strongly, strongly about something, then you should write your own book. You should never alter. Now, people giving you advice on, oh, you, you know, this may be helpful is one thing versus people saying, hey, I, I want you just to do this. So my, my biggest thing is sharing the information and having to tell these people I'm not going to listen to a word that you say. So... And it's still, it's still something I struggle with because you get excited when you know you've done something great and you want to share it, but, but people being what they are, uh, kind of can ruin it or even take you down a path that you're not supposed to go if you, if you listen to everything people say. So, um, but as far as publishing, um, my biggest problem and i think is a i think is a global problem finding the right people to do the job and and be people of their word and you know once they're paid for a position they do that position you 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 bump into a lot of people that just want to you know they just want to get paid but they don't want to do the work mm-hmm. so Find people that are that have a track record that are credible. And disclosure is everything. Don't right. assume people understand what you mean. Don't assume that they understand what you're talking about. You know, talk to people or explain things like people to people. Like it's the first time they've heard it, and that way you can get a better understanding. And contracts, mm-hmm. good contracts, make good situations. I mm. I can't say that. Don't do a handshake. Don't do a verbal. Everything has to be spelled out. And the one right. thing that you don't put in your contract that's not spelled out. Uh, I'll be darned if that's not the one thing they go do. <laughs> mm, <right.
1: laughs> You're yeah, right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so, what would you say? You know, sort of looking back, um, what, what was what was the single attribute growing up in your past that you think? sort of, you know, prepared you in a way uh, to become this author that you are today and business owner?
0: Uh, I guess struggle. Uh, I left home early. I, I didn't have a close relationship with my uh, my parents. I mean, you know, we didn't talk very much and uh, I was really go and figure it out for yourself. And I think it prepared me for dealing with people it prepared me for uh being let down it prepared me for having to uh you know rotate swiftly when things are going left i, I think being independent and being independent mm-hmm. early gave a a um a a thickness to my skin that i probably would not have had had i had parents that were really involved and helped me along with everything. It just I I was really and I say that having a 21-year-old daughter that I did help her along and I did make sure she was protected and things like that. So I see the difference in her at 21 and me at 21. It is is a you know a definite uh, contrast. So that's one thing that I'll say it just like, you know, coming from the south side of Chicago, and having to take the the bus at, you know, eight, nine years old by yourself or get on the L, you know, you learn a lot about people really quickly. Right, right. Stay away from things and recognize things where, um, so when you get older, you go like, you know, I've seen that before. So just kind of, yeah, I would say that.
1: Right. That's awesome. You know, so Yvette, you know, I always say, you know, on this show that a huge part of this show You know, it's about positive winning mindsets, Mm -hmm. about being resilient and demonstrating mental toughness and and learning to face adversity, all while continuing to lead and live and win and help others fulfill their dreams. And so you truly bring, you know, we we truly bring guests on this show that, that embodies what that is all about. And you, my friend, certainly embody what this show is all about.
0: Oh, thank you so much.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So Yvette, listen, you know, this is the part of the segment that we call Hot Seat, um, where we ask a few random hot topics about yourself okay. um, that we found helpful to our artists that often want to know from our, from our guests. So, you know, my first question would be to you, if you could turn back the time and talk to that 18-year-old self, what would you say to her?
0: Oh, my gosh. I would, I would tell her. To travel globally, meet people from all walks of life yeah that's and awesome and faith mm-hmm. and pay attention, take notes, take advice, uh, but go beyond what you see every day uh, so you can see what the world has to offer a lot of people don't leave their block a lot of people don't leave their town Mm -hmm. a lot of people you know so when you say things they'll go hey well black people don't do this black people you know yes we do you just haven't left 79th street you know it's like (laughs) so yeah I would tell her stop what you're doing graduate travel see the world and, and become a worldly person and mm. not just a national person.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's truly a good one. I do believe that, uh, you know, once people get outside the zip codes or their comfort zones, I would say, um, they really discover that there's, um, that there's a whole other world that opens up to them, and, and it changes. Your travel um, will, will definitely change your perspective, you know, even – um, you know, myself, you know, today, you know, the more I travel, uh, I get the opportunity to travel and engage people in different environments. Um, it, it changes your perspective. Yes. That's awesome. That's a good one. So, so, so what, what would you say, Yvette, that some people misunderstand about Yvette?
0: Uh, people think I am mean and aggressive. <laughs> Is and, that right? Thank <laughs> you. And I'll I'll tell you what that where it come what that comes from, when people cannot get you to do what they want you to right, do, right, right, right. You are aggressive. You are you're faulty in some way, shape, or form. If you constantly said yes and you gave in, you would be the best person that they know. Mm-hmm. So I let people know that my life is not about them. My life is about me, mm-hmm. and despite what you got planned and what you want for me and what you want me to do, want me to go, I don't have to be nobody. I don't want to be. So I think people misunderstand my directness and my, uh, ability to tell you what you're not going to do as something that's not afforded to everybody. So. That's wonderful.
1: So, So what would you say has been your greatest personal achievement?
0: My greatest personal achievement um as uh, career wise i mean i'm obligated to say my daughter if you want to say mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. but <laughs> beyond my daughter uh career wise it has been uh allowing uh allowing God to speak to me and then dare to do the things that he uh, is allowing me to do and not being mm-hmm. afraid of doing them you know again i went from not writing anything to writing a book that uh some people say needs to be paired with the bible mm, and i wow. for some people for, for them to say that you mm-hmm. know it is my first works ever right that is so uh you know that is so prolific to them mm-hmm. um and those are their words not mine i just wrote right. a right. novel that just has to do with god but um That to me and then finding out that I went from I want to write something to living in I am a writer. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote something today on Facebook and it says writing books, TV series and movies is such a delicate thing. It's all about balance, being certain to open and close the circle of ideas that's powering your stories. Hopefully you will be blessed to speak to the majority of your audience and have the creativity to induce more who are not. Also be inclusive in a way that's not pandering and trendy. Authenticity should be what anchors your universe. For me, it's about exploring what has been overlooked in a fantastic way is about making something that's remarkable and memorable. So that's kind of what I'm doing. It's like, I I want something to be intrinsic. I want Mm. something to have, uh, you know, a a lineage to move on and on and on. So I'm not just writing uh, for fun. It has to be, it has to mean something.
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely. That's wonderful. So so what would you say your biggest failure and what did you learn from it?
0: Oh, my biggest failure. Unanswered and unspoken expectations Mm -hmm. is my biggest failure. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whether that be in a relationship, whether that be with a job, whether that be with, you know, whatever. If you have expectations of something or someone else and you don't communicate them. Right. You're setting your situation up for failure. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have learned that when I am in a situation to express what I want and find out if that person, place, or thing even has the capacity to provide that. And that way you're not setting yourself up for failure and you're not uh, losing a relationship that could have been something that even if it wasn't going to be what you intended, it could still be.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and as you said, um, that that could be applied to, you know, every area of our life, if you will, whether it's relationships, whether it's business or or what Mm -hmm. have you. Um, you said a couple key things there: capacity and expectation.
0: Yes. Um,
1: you know, I, I just believe that um, performance is a direct link to expectations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and if they're known from the beginning, I mean, that's sort of the expectation management before you have to manage expectations or realize, uh, as you said, are you in a space or place. That it has no capacity for what you're seeking. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, so what, what makes you feel sort of inspired or, or like, um, like your best self? What, what, what is that? What is that place or space that you go to that really gets you inspired or you feel like you're at your best?
0: Uh, I have started a um, a system of self care, hmm. and 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 it doesn't it doesn't look like the way it sounds. Like you know, when women say self care, oh, I'm going to get a massage, I'm going to get my hair done. It's it's not that. My self care is my living space, and and, and being able to listen to whatever music and and not see anyone if I don't want to see them, not talk if I don't want to talk, and if I want something that I believe I want to eat is is about is about saying yes to me. So I bought a home last year and my room is um <clears throat> decorated like a art museum. Like I have um uh, Klimt and Monet's and Basquiat mm-hmm. paintings. I mean, it's there everywhere. <laughs> and um, I I come in my room. I close my door. I turn on my humidifier. I have my shows. I watch or I play music, mm-hmm. and um, I absorb the art of life. And I feel like a different person. Uh, I I wake up at at four or five o'clock in the morning, I start writing. I, you know, a couple of after, hours after that, I'll take a a bubble bath, get out the bubble bath, get back to writing, open the window, get fresh air. You know, it's whatever piece looks like to you. Right, My just right. looks artistic. And I started to give into that. I used to go, oh, well, I'm going to spend all this money on a painting. I could be, you know, Buying a vacuum, you know, but that vacuum is not giving me life. Right. So I started to give in to what feeds my soul, and I just feel like a different—I feel like a different person. And it has changed the what you know, what I write, the way I write, uh, the way I communicate. It has to be from a space of uh, self-love, and that's what I do now.
1: Oh, this wonderful, uh, Yvette. Uh, wonderful things to live by as well. So, Yvette, before we go, um, talk to us about um, a bit more about um, you know those interested in how to connect with you, those looking to purchase your book, or just connect with you on, on social media.
0: Okay, so if you want to connect, I am on Instagram and I am up under my handle is sci-fi Dot C E O and that's spelled S C I F I dot C-E-O. And if you want to connect on Facebook is uh Yvette Kindle Sci-Fi Writer. Uh, I'm no longer on Twitter, thank goodness. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I am on LinkedIn under you know Yvette Kendall. If you want to reach out there, which I do a lot of business there. And as far as my books, um, not to sound Hollywood, but if mm-hmm. you Google me, you'll find out all the books that I have. But all my books are on a uh, Amazon. They're on Barnes and Noble, uh, Books a Million, Target. So. If you want to, it's on. I have books on Audible as well. So God Maps, uh, I have hardcover, softcover, and uh, eBooks and Audible. So you can go to Amazon and either just put in Yvette Kindle, which is spelled Y V E T T E K E N D A L L, and it will pull up all the books in my library. Or you can just put in the God Maps. That's M A P S. Uh, in the search bar and it will pull up the different versions for you as well.
1: Wonderful. Yvette, that's wonderful. Hey, Yvette, thank you once again for joining us today. And it's certainly been a real pleasure. Please come back and check on us soon.
0: I will. It's been awesome and I can't wait to uh, hear your other interviews. I'll definitely be tuning in.
1: Hey, thank you for that. And I look forward to speaking with you once again. Thank you. Take care. Take care.
0: Don't miss a single episode of the Outfront with Vince Noble podcast. It's been ranked as a top 5% globally recognized podcast. The show that gives
1: emerging leaders the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download or listen
0: to your podcast. We certainly hope that you enjoyed today's episode. So make sure to join our Facebook group, Outfront with Vince Noble. And don't forget to comment, rate, share, and subscribe on the Apple podcast or wherever you listen to download your podcast. Until next time, remember, you still get to write your own life story.